Hello, and welcome to the Providence College Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Kay, and I'm joined by producer Chris Judge of the Class of 2005. Here on the Providence College Podcast, we bring you interesting stories from the Friar family. This week, we were talking with Satoya Isof and Miles Johnson, both members of the Class of 2024. Satoya is a health policy and management major and business innovation minor from Malden, Massachusetts. And Miles is a business economics major from Lawrence Township, New Jersey. He's also minoring in political science, finance, and Asian studies. Both Satoya and Miles served as mentors for the Friar Foundations program last summer. Satoya and Miles, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So Satoya and Miles, for listeners who are unfamiliar, what is Friar Foundations? Can you give us an overview of the program? So Friar Foundations is a program that helps assist incoming freshmen to kind of um, kind of like assimilate to the college experience. So the point of it is kind of to get some academic work under your feet and also to kind of socially kind of um, navigate what Providence College is like. So you come, um, freshmen come towards, I think kind of the middle of the summer, July, late June, um, and they spend about a month on campus with mentors. So those are upperclassmen who have come in to help for the summer and kind of help assist with academic work, assist with social um, inclusion and things like that. And so the the whole purpose of the program really is to get the freshmen acclimated before they can come onto campus. And so they feel much more comfortable by the time that it's August and orientation. Um, and, you know, sometimes those things are very overwhelming for freshmen. So it's kind of to get them feeling like they're at home before uh, they're officially enrolled at Providence College. Um, alongside what Miles already said, um, the students get the opportunity to take um, summer courses here at PC. And with those, um, after taking those courses, they're able to kind of like come into college with a few credits underneath their belt. So um, definitely a program in which like students who come in, if they're looking to get a little bit more um, experience on just like what college courses are like, they're able to kind of take those classes. And then along with the mentors, we kind of help them in terms of homework and in terms of um, anything else they might be struggling with, struggling with academically. And so, yeah. I mean, it's a big transition to go from high school to college for anybody. So I imagine that starting off with just two classes um, during the summer when, you know, everything's a little bit more low key probably helps a lot. Um, so what are the, some of the highlights of the program for participants? Um, I would say like the highlights of the program is just the relationship that you build with your mentor. Um, so in this past Fire Foundations program, we had about seven mentors and we had about like 20 or so students. And so with that, each mentor had um, a small cohort of either one or two students, maybe three. Um, and so with that, you kind of like build like a one on one relationship with your mentor and any like questions that you may have, like going into your freshman year, you kind of talk about with um, with your mentor. So I feel like that's kind of a bit of a highlight um, building that relationship. So knowing that when you come onto campus, you are familiar with some upperclassmen that's available to help you because um, you are able to kind of like um, foster that relationship during the summer, um, kind of enjoy like the weather, the quietness of campus, but then also to um, other outside events we have available. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say uh, one of the things that I think the program does a good job of is in like introducing you to people that you're going to need to know um, throughout your four years of PC. So they have workshops with different places on campus that you'd want to get to familiarize yourself with. But I think um, in terms of the overall highlight, I would have to agree with Satoya. Like when you're living together with people for a month, um, you get to know each other really well. And I think like once those relationships starts to, to form, obviously, um, you know, the first time as mentors that we all got together, we didn't know each other as well. And when mm -hmm. the kids came, we didn't know each other as well. But by the end of the program, um, 
you know, all it takes is that month. And then everybody's really, there's really that sense of closeness amongst everybody. So I think, um, you know, just getting to the ins and outs of every day and, and just kind of the small moments um, that maybe aren't necessarily planned, but that adds the environment of like, um, you know, everybody living in community with one another. I think those to me are the differences in what makes Fire Foundation so special. Because there are a number of pre-orientation programs that PC students have available to them. And so this is just one more. And it seems like um, Fire Foundations is definitely a little more academically focused to give people that taste of academic life. Right, right. I'm curious what some of the benefits of the program were for the two of you as mentors. Like, how do you feel like this experience helped you learn and grow yourselves? I think I would say um, the first benefit I would have not even, I think, for myself, but more so for myself in relationship to the to the students that we had was um, I was an orientation leader this fall. And so I was able to have one of my kids in my orientation group. And I think as a person of color and, and that student was a person of color as well, like those kind of things make all the difference. I think like seeing me around and having me as an orientation leader can be the difference between somebody, you know, feeling really overwhelmed and really uncomfortable, but also you know, someone else feels a little bit more at home. So I think in general, all the students being able to see me in August. Um, and also I think Satoya, you would say the same thing with transitions. I think it makes all the difference of just being able to that you that you had that relationship before. It makes my job easier as an orientation leader that I have a student that I already know, and it makes their job uh, or their experience, I should say, much easier coming in. But I think also um just the time management of it all. Um, I was also working a job this summer, so I was away during the mornings. And I think having to balance that, um, you know, with making sure I was there for the students and and making sure I was also there for the other mentors and kind of doing my part. I think that was the main thing coming into junior year, obviously. In my opinion, I think junior year is where you have to put everything kind of together um, in a way that the other years you don't exactly have to for other reasons. But just having that kind of practice to to do the things that I would need to be putting into practice now. Um, I think for me, that was the biggest benefit. And now I can, you know, manage my time much better and I can take on a lot more because of the things I was doing in the summer. Yeah, I feel like Miles said it beautifully, honestly. Um, I kind of have like this running joke that I was on campus all year and it really did feel that way. But um, as much as I say that, I say that with pride and I really did enjoy it. Um, something that I kind of benefited from the program was just um, like Miles said, having to like build our relationship like with the incoming freshmen. Um, I definitely like enjoy speaking with freshmen and like hearing their worries and like what um they're kind of like nervous about coming into freshman year. Um, because I had those same exact worries as well too. And if I were to tell my younger self, like you'd be thriving in college, you'd be see things, like I wouldn't really believe myself. So then to kind of like um put that belief into or kind of bring that confidence to the students, you know let them know that they are going to thrive here in college and that they are going to find their group in whatever ways that they're um, concerned about, like will be like, I guess not really forgotten, but I guess like accomplished. And so I really benefited from just seeing them, um, seeing how they're fostering, they're growing uh, throughout the school year, especially going into um, the summertime in transition. So knowing that um, however they were in July, in August, I'm still going to be the same person, still going to be available. And then also to just like showing them the resources available on campus as well. So that's what I benefited. Just seeing them thrive made me feel good knowing that I was able to play part in that process. But ultimately, it was like their courage and their willingness to try something new and be in a new space. 
And so we've referenced a few times transitions. Could you talk a little bit, just give a brief overview of transitions as well? Because you certainly are involved in that group as well. Yeah. Um, so transitions is a multicultural preorientation group. Um, so it's for first generation or multicultural students. And this summer I served as a head dream coach. Um, so all summer alongside being in FFP for Fire Foundations, um, I was kind of like behind the scenes planning what our dream coaches would be doing, what um, I guess sessions the incoming freshmen would be learning about. And ultimately it's just a week long program just up until orientation where I pretty much hand off the kids two miles and um, they're learning about like what resources are available on campus for first generation students or if you identify as multicultural. Just like the two of you both worked with students, some of the students that you worked with in Friar Foundations, you ended up seeing them again in um, in transitions and then orientation. And I'm sure you're seeing them in um, clubs and orgs and just activities that you're doing on campus going forward. So really is a sounds like it creates a really strong bond between yeah. all of you. Um, I'm curious if you, again, sort of, I think this is kind of a great segue. You alluded to, Satoya, your experience, like as a young student at Providence College. I'd love to talk to you both about what led you to Providence College in the first place. Um, um, so mine's a little bit of a cheeky story. So uh, senior year, um, I was like applying for colleges and I stumbled on PC um, at the time, Greg Cherry or Cherry, Greg Cherry was the um, outreach coordinator for like different high schools. And so he came to my school and I was like really like moved by his words and like how he um, talked about like PC fostering a community because I came from a small high school. Um, so with that, I wanted to like go to a college that um, talked about community, but then also to made me feel welcome. So I participated in, um, I want to say it's, is it night in fire town i don't think it was night in fire town it was like one of like the night programs those here um and when i was there like i literally like, fell in love with it and i was like oh, i'm gonna go here i'm gonna go here and so then i will tell i went back um to my um high school advisor and i was telling her oh i'm gonna apply to pc like i want to apply like early decision and she was like slow down slow down because like you know she wanted me to explore my options but ultimately like i knew that i wanted to come to pc after visiting that time Afterwards, like being able to like um, go to panels and like hear from like um, current students, like how they were experiencing their um, life here at PC and like how involved they were. And that kind of like um, made me like eager to like want to like make some sort of difference on a campus. So that's what kind of like led me see in me staying here. Well, that's a great story. Uh, Miles, how about you? Yeah, I think I came to PC for the first time. I visited um, in the summer. We were, as a family, we were kind of doing like a group of like Northeastern schools. Um, Cause me and my brothers, um, I'm a triplet by the way, I should probably say that. Um, but me and my brothers were like kind of in the process of doing all that. Um, so now I'm here with one of my brothers and that definitely was not the plan. I think going into college, I was personally of the mindset and I think we all were that we were gonna go separate places. So the fact that I'm here with one of my brothers is not at all what I intended, um, but it does have definitely its benefits. And I think one thing we could both say um, is that I think that one thing at PC that sticks out to me is something that I was actually talking about in class with my sociology professor yesterday is like, it's a small school, so it's easy to affect change. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that kind of sticks out to me. Like, I didn't want to be a, a small fish in a big pond. I think mm -hmm. for me personally, I like being kind of more of a someone that can can go to different spaces and, and affect change for the people around me. I think I'd rather it be that way. And I'd rather my college experience like reflect that. Um, so I think that's one of the 
big benefits for me of being here is like I can go to different places and join different things and really change and impact my community rather than feeling like I spent four years just kind of head in the books, doing everything that I need to do academically, but not really exploring who I was as a person or as a leader. Now I'd like to ask you both about your majors, because you both have these very um, disparate um, collections of, of um, academic interests. Uh, Satoya, health policy management, did you always think that you'd want to want to enter this field? or? Um, honestly, I came in as a management major. Um, so that's kind of like, Inside, like the business innovation minor. Um, I came in as a management major. Um, I liked the major, but I think that um, it wasn't exactly like what I wanted to do. Um, I knew that like my heart was like in healthcare, um, having like my family who are going usually like, in and out the hospital or going to doctor's appointments. Like I knew that something wasn't right in terms of just like, um, I guess like the overall um, idea of healthcare and like how um, people from uh, marginalized communities are being treated. So that's something that I wanted to like take part in and like evoke change in. So that's why um, after like visiting PC and like speaking to like current students, I PM and I didn't know what that was exactly, um, but it was something that I was willing to try. And then after like learning like those courses and actually taking like my first one-on-one course in HPM, I like fell in love with the major. And so now like anytime somebody talks about HPM, I'm like the number one advocate for it. I'm like, if you want to go and change or evoke change, then that's the major that you should go. Um, and so I wanted to keep that business background because I still like essentially wanted to do management. So that's why I have the innovation minor. And luckily, like all my classes were able to fill out really well. But it was just really that I wanted to evoke change in healthcare. So that's why I kind of led to HPM. It sounds like a perfect fit. Thank you. <laughs> so, Miles, I think all of our listeners are intrigued to know how you hit upon this array of majors and minors. Could you could you enlighten us? Yeah. Um... So I think coming into college, I came in undeclared, actually. Um, so that kind of stalled a little bit my my process of looking back on the now, I think I definitely could have used that extra semester um, to definitely take some classes, but it's all working out just fine. Um, I knew that I liked economics, but I felt like I hadn't taken enough because there's macroeconomics and microeconomics. And so I had taken microeconomics in high school. And so I was like, if I like macroeconomics, then I'll declare. But for now, I'll keep it um, undeclared just so I can keep my options open. So that's how I kind of came to economics as my major. Um, the finance minor, I think I wanted to learn a little bit more about the business side because um, business economics is not in the business school, but I felt like I wanted to have a little bit of that, um, a little bit of those skills as well. So I decided pretty quickly to do the finance minor in addition. Um, and then one of the things that was most important to me coming into college, regardless of where I went, was I want to do what I want to do um, in the classroom. So I wanted to make an effort to take classes that I wouldn't normally take. And so the reason why I minor in Asian studies is because coming into college, I wanted to take Chinese. Um, and so I took Chinese for my first four semesters of college. Um, and so those four classes, all I need to do is take two more classes and then I would have the minor. So I was like, OK. okay. I might as well do that. Um, but I think in general, like I wanted to learn like a different language and learn about a different culture because I like the idea of like sometimes with what we're learning and especially like when we're growing up, like we very much see things from our own perspective. But I wanted to know what it felt like to have to really switch and do something different and feel different and like have that feeling of like, I know this is extremely different, 
Um, and maybe even at times uncomfortable learning a completely different language and a completely different culture. But I wanted to get better at that almost. Um, and so I'm glad that I took Chinese for that reason. And then political science, I think, again, those are classes that I'm very interested in. Those are probably almost always my favorite classes in the semester. Um, because I think what I'm learning is just like interesting to me. Um, political science, I think, is the minor that I kind of use to really just learn whatever it is that I want, because there's so much that you can learn within political science and so many different things you can learn and so many professors you can learn from that I just wanted to like, you know, take whatever I wanted to take. So like I took um, race and politics in the Americas. That was a, a great class for me um, just because I was interested in like what, you know, how minorities are impacted by politics. Um, and now I'm taking like Latin American politics because I've never taken a class in, about Latin America before. So I kind of use that as like my minor to kind of just take what it is that I'm really interested in or I feel like I haven't learned about enough. I think you kind of anticipated my next question. I was going to ask you a little bit about some of the classes that have stood out. And you're both more than halfway through your your college careers. Um, Satoya, how about you? What are some of the classes that you look back on within your major, outside your major? It's up to you. Um. I have an array of classes that I liked um, within my major specifically. Um, I speak highly about HPM, but definitely um, I would say, um, uh, my goodness, I have favorite professors within HPM, but I'll say like the class that I liked the most was um, healthcare management because that like definitely combined like um, my minor and my major into one class, which I was like really excited about. So I think it was human resource management was my favorite class. Um, I recently took a class with Jessica Mulligan um, I think I'm forgetting the name of the class, but it was about like disasters and politics. And so and like how healthcare kind of like wraps around into that. And that class challenged me a lot um, because I had to write a research paper on my own. However, um, it kind of like pushed me into um, thinking critically and analytically about um, disasters and like how that is impacted um, by health and like how there's like different other um, socioeconomic factors that kind of go into that. So those were like my favorite. And then in my freshman year, uh, my favorite class was my woman and gender studies class. Um, it was my first college class ever. And it was the first class that I cried for um, because of an essay that I was trying to do, but I didn't feel like I had it in me to get it done. But then um, I guess I was like doubting myself, but then I got a lot of reassurance from my professor that um, what I was doing was correct. And also like the way that I was thinking was a lot nuanced. And so like that kind of like instilled confidence in me and like how I participate in the classroom currently. So I would definitely say, um, it was those two. And then my microeconomics class, just because of the professor, the professor just um, kind of like pushed me to um, think about like in the world, because that was something that I did like um, in my high school years. Like when I did take economics, I really did like econ. So then um, kind of like going into college after taking it with um, Professor Stephen Abdow, um, he kind of just like instilled in me that, um, you know, the world changes all the time, but it's not something that you should just kind of like neglect and not think about. Like that's something you should always think about if you want to be like an active like citizen, like in today's world, just making sure that you are kind of like paying attention to everything that's going on around you. So I would say those are my favorite classes. You're both also such involved students on campus. I feel like it's I'm hard pressed, like when I'm traveling across campus or going to events, not to run into to see or recognize you two. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the activities you've been involved with and what have been your favorites so far. Yeah. Um, okay. I so I, I yeah, I definitely um have a lot of different extracurricular things going on. 
Um, so right now I'm a part of the board of programmers. Um, and so that is like basically our event planning club on campus. So my role right now, I'm responsible for some of the bigger events that we put on. Um, so some of our like biggest events that we have are called like Prava um, and Clam Jam. So those are my direct responsibilities. Those are the events that I plan. Um, and Satoya knows all about that because that's what I was spending this summer figuring out. Um, right. I'm also the treasurer of the African-American Society. Um, and so right now we are doing, we're in the process of, of preparing for our fashion show this spring, this April, which Satoya will also be in. Um, that's yeah. definitely one of those that after the show, I think we all look back and, and there's just, you spend so much time with people um, doing, especially the fashion show, like we see each other three times a week. Um, and that's one of those things that a lot of the hard work like pays off at the end. Um, I'm definitely happy to see all of the, the progress and all of the things that we've done when it's time for the show. Um, I would think, I think those are kind of my highlights. Um, so it's going to be a very busy April for me because I have the fashion show, I have Clam Jam, um, and I have other things for BOP that I'll need to take care of as well. But I think um, extracurriculars, I would say in general, are just a great way to get to know different people um, and to kind of challenge yourself to get to know maybe people you wouldn't otherwise be exposed to. So that's kind of the thing that I like about it. Like it forces me to kind of go outside and, and kind of start to connect with people that maybe I didn't think I had anything with in common or maybe I felt like I couldn't talk to. Um, and I think across the board, regardless of what extracurriculars you're involved in, like it's always, um, you're always kind of like, as you said, like involved people run into involved people. So it's not necessarily just the people that you're um, in your club with, but also maybe the people in a different club that you just see all the time because um, everyone is just, a lot of people are extremely involved here. Um, and so I think that that's definitely one of the benefits of, of having such an involved like aspect of PC. Yeah, I mean, Afram's fashion show is always a highlight of the spring semester. And I think people look forward to it for us. So it, it, it but it is an undertaking for certain. So Toy, how about you? Um, for me, I am the vice president of Motherland Dance Group. Um, so um, similar to Miles, we have our fashion show in the fall semester. So this past fall semester, I was extremely busy. I was everywhere. Um, but definitely it's one of my highlights just going into the club. I definitely enjoy dancing and choreographing moves. Um, so Motherland Dance is an Afro-Caribbean dance club on campus that was established in 2013. So with that, um, speaking with a lot of alumni who haven't, haven't, what am I trying to say? Who definitely like resonate with the club and like love the club alumni who always come back and talk about it. Um, hearing from them, like, how is it, how should we make the club better and how can we still keep the club alive? Um, so that's like something I'm like, extremely passionate in regardless of if it's like difficult or if it's easy, like I'm always going to be in that club. Um, and then I also serve as an RA on campus. Um, and it's my first year currently as an RA on campus, but um, I definitely love the job because I think like building relationships and talking with people is something that just comes natural to me. So with that, um, I'm just in charge of like a building or an array of buildings, just speaking with residents, getting closer with them. So honestly, it doesn't really feel like a job unless I have to be on duty and kind of like parole the building every now and then. But um, it kind of just feels like second nature, just talking with the residents, seeing how they're doing, um, what are ways that I can help them um, enhance their college experience, at least like while they're living here residentially. So um, being an RA on campus is another thing. But then um, I'm involved in kind of anything IDEI related. So if that's like any um, boards or like meetings that has to do with just like advancing 
IDEI efforts here on campus, I'm definitely a part of those things um, just because I feel like it's a way um, for me to kind of like give back and try to make the community better than I found it. So knowing that um, when other students of color who come campus in future years come over, um, they're able to kind of like enjoy campus and also take what they can from the school, but know that they're also welcomed. So um, it's not really extracurriculars, but in my way, kind of it's extracurriculars whenever we do meet every now and then. Um, but yeah, those are like my passion projects that I am heavily involved in. Awesome. With um, with Motherland, I'm curious if most of the members come in with some background in Afro-Caribbean dance or do they come and do they learn the choreography and the steps and the dance and, and like part of the culture through it? Um, they just come and learn. Sometimes some people um, do have um, background in Afro-Caribbean dance. Some people um, don't have any background. And for me, I just say that all are welcomed. Um, we teach in a style so that it is easy for anybody to be able to come and join. But then also to um, me, I kind of like try to push people out their comfort zones because as much as we want to stay in that comfort zone, it's good to try something new, although you may not be sure if you're good at it or not. But I think um, by keeping like the energy high um, and making sure that it's all smiles and it's fun, um, I think it's why members always keep coming back and they're always like coming to see whatever we have planned. So we usually practice in more hall in the dance studio. Um, so with that, if you hear music loud, um, they know it's us. We're kind of always in there Mondays and Thursdays. Um, but then also, too, we have like events that we host um, throughout the year and we try to promote that heavily just to like have a presence on campus, but then also to invite other members or non-members who are interested in Motherland and want to know what is it that we do. Um, but we are um, mainly a dance-based club, but then we also kind of partake in a little bit of everything. So you don't have to have a background in Afro-Caribbean dance. All is welcome. It's one of the things that is definitely at a premium on this campus is dance studio space. Like yeah. the dance studios are booked from morning to night and well into the night, right? I think mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, Motherland practices pretty late at night. Yeah, we usually practice from seven to nine, but if we have like performances, we practice a little bit later, but um, we're always trying to get a dance studio because like you said, they're always booked, whether it be in Peterson or if it's in Smith or if it's in Moore. Moore is definitely like highly used because it's a lot more central. Um, but um, luckily, the director of Moore Hall, Sokio Ross, um, he's been like extremely helpful with helping us get the dance studio whenever we need it um, and just like being there for Motherland. So, yeah. I think both of you talked a little bit about like, moving out of your comfort zones. I'm curious if you can think of um, an experience or situation that like kind of surprised you that like you weren't sure what it was like at PC going into it. But then like you feel like, oh, my gosh, this was so much better than than I thought it would be. I think I would definitely say um, BOP for me. Um, I would also say my work as a writing tutor, but before I even get there, I think I, I used to joke with the president of BOP all the time last year. I was like, I don't know why you guys chose me because I wouldn't have chose myself. Like, I'm not that kind of person that that's, um, you know, has like that huge personality or anything like that. I'm not really that kind of person. Um, and it's something that I think when I first joined it, I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, I kind of just applied and was just kind of hoping for the best and, and I got in. But I think ever since I've been on BOP, definitely when I talked about before, like wanting to make change, I think that's one of the places where um, where we've definitely seen a lot of change. And I think I would say this about um, our junior class in general, but I think we're led by a strong group of, of POC leaders. And I think BOP has been one of those places that has seen a lot of POC leaders kind of step up. Um, and I'm proud to say that I'm definitely a part of that that group. Um, 
But I think that's one of those places that I think kind of going into it, like as a person of color, freshman year, like we didn't have all these different things that are, that are being done now. So to even envision myself doing something like that when I had never seen it in action before um, was definitely challenging for me. But I think, you know, myself and a lot of the other POC leaders in our grade have definitely taken on the challenge, not just to advocate on behalf of people of color, but also to, to kind of find that balance of also just being a leader, period. Um, I think we do that well um, across the board and we kind of, you know, do whatever we need to do. Um, and I think it's great to see in general that we're now kind of being asked to do more in terms of leadership sense. And now we're in all these different clubs and doing all these different things. Um, and, you know, we all kind of see each other around a lot, but I think that's been one of the things in terms of leaving a legacy. I know this is kind of a tangent on the question, but in terms of leaving, leaving a legacy, um, I think we can all say that we've definitely been a part of that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah, I was going to add on to that. I realized that now. Um, I feel like for me, um, so me and Miles are both um, class of 2024, meaning our freshman year was a COVID year. And um, honestly, I couldn't have imagined me being as involved as I am now in my freshman year because we didn't know what um, kind of like the PC community is like and like what it means to be a friar in that sense. So um, kind of coming onto campus, like seeing everything that's kind of shut down. We didn't know um, like what clubs would look like, um, what like a normal um, campus would look like. So kind of like when we opened back up in our sophomore year um, is kind of like when we started to take on leadership roles as like those positions were available. Um, and for me, um, I was always a leader on campus or um, in high school. So coming into college is a lot more nerve wracking with the different demographic, but then also um, kind of like putting yourself out there and not knowing how people are going to take you. Um, so with that, going into like the clubs that I'm involved in, um, I feel like now I kind of like have like a sense of like confidence knowing that, okay, I know how to run a club. I know like um, how to like host events, and, like put on productions and stuff like that. Um, but in my freshman year, I would have like never imagined it. I would have thought it was too daunting, honestly. Um, but now that like I'm involved in these clubs, I feel like there's like a sense of humility when you're doing these um when you're in these leadership positions, I feel like Miles can kind of attest to this too. Um, we kind of like want to leave the place better than we found it. So with that, um, as much as like the clubs like might seem scary or it might seem daunting just because of the fact that it's new and it's not something that you're used to doing. Um, we obviously just want to make sure that we're able to kind of like evoke change and like talk about issues that need to be talked about um, as well as like also like celebrating like diversity and like people. So um, with that, I feel like with my clubs that I'm a part of, it's not as scary kind of like came as like second nature as I started to get more involved into it. Um, but it definitely needed help along the way, just like advice on simple decisions on, should I say yes to this or should I say no to that? Or talking to administrators on, okay, what is like our budget that we need in order to be able to um, kind of like put on this production? Like what are our limitations? And having to like sit in those conversations, especially when you don't know um, exactly what are the right things to say or what are, or what are the right things supposed to be doing it's kind of like a learning curve that you're going through but now that we're three years in it's crazy to say that now we are kind of like pros at this almost um so you still three years in you still have another year of college left to go and plenty of time to make these decisions but I wanted to ask you about what you're thinking now about postgraduate life um I could start uh for me postgraduate life um I'm looking to go into grad school um I'd like to get my master's in health administration um I feel like within the HPM program um, I want to learn a lot more about administration and what it means to like kind of like run a healthcare facility. Um, so with that, I'd like to go into grad school, um, but ultimately I want to become a health administrator. So either if it becomes 
opening like my own practice or like managing my own practice, something that I'm really interested in doing. I'm definitely focusing on um, reducing like health disparities within like marginalized communities is something I'm extremely like interested in, like I want to pursue. Um, I'm not sure how exactly I'm going to get there, but I know that I'm talking to the right people and kind of having an idea of what are entry level positions to kind of like work my way up um, and just like learn about healthcare in general, like what that um, route looks like. So ultimately I want to go to grad school and um, walk out with my master's. How about you, Miles? Yeah, I also want to go to grad school, maybe not right after college, but I do want to get my MBA. Um, I don't know what I want to do it in yet, but that's for me to kind of figure out as I get acclimated with the job world and everything like that. Um, as for this summer, I'm working as an intern in New York City with BNY Mellon in their finance department. Um, so I'm hoping that that internship answers some questions that I need to have, have answered kind of, kind of going into senior year. But um, honestly, I think I'm just kind of taking it um, like year by year, day by day. I just I don't want to ever lose sight of the fact that like I'm curious on what I'm learning as well. Um, and so I think while there's maybe a little bit of pressure to kind of, you know, at least start thinking about some of these things post-grad, um, I also don't want to take it for granted that like I'm able to take classes that I want to take and learn material that I, you know, want to learn. Um, I was saying to one of my friends the other day, like there's going to be a day 10 years from now that I wish I was doing this. So I do want to take that into account before I get too far ahead of myself. But I do want to um, end up getting my MBA um, and kind of see where it takes me from there. Didn't mean to rush you. No, no one is no, no one is showing worries. you the door. We are we are definitely excited that we have more time um, with you on campus for sure. Um, so, so Toya Miles, we're talking during Women's History Month. So, I'd like to ask you about influential women in your own lives. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I think for me, well, like my personal heroes are obviously like my parents, um, my mom specifically, and like how hard she works. Um, and how she still at the end of the day has a heart and is very kind and wants um, to help others um, in her job field, but also like at home taking care of me and my sister. Um, I would say if we're talking about like a celebrity, like someone who's like kind of influential, I would say is Michelle Obama to me. I feel like she walks with um, grace and humility as well as like, but also like kind of like this like presence of like a strong woman able to get things done. Um, and I kind of like admire that about her. And I, that's like something that I also want to carry as well, too. So, I mean, I wasn't the president. I'm not the wife of the president, but um, on campus here, like I try to like move with grace and humility, but then also to know how to get things done and um, push for change. And that's like something that I see in Michelle Obama every day. I feel like everyone kind of sees that in her um, and how much of a um, leader she was. So I feel like she's like somebody who's like really inspirational to me. Yeah, I think. um there are so many answers to this question. I'll try and get I'll try and get all the shout outs I need to get out. Um, I don't want to leave anybody behind. I think first and foremost, definitely my mom, my grandmother. Those are probably the two people that in terms of growing up um, and where I'm at now, I would I would have I would have to thank them definitely the most. Um, you know, they always used to tell me growing up, like be what's called a renaissance man um, and just kind of have all the, the different tools in the toolkit. So I think that's where. You know, my curiosity and wanting to do different things, both inside and outside of the classroom comes from. Um, I think the second thing that I thought of was the fact that actually over the summer of Fire Foundations, I was actually the only guy mentor. Um, so um, that it kind of made me think of that, too, that, you know, we had a lot of great women doing work there, both as mentors and then all the people that ran the program were actually women, too. So I was really the only guy um, with any sort of with any sort of like authority and power. 
But, you know, being able to learn from them and kind of how they move and how they do things, I think definitely learned. I definitely learned a lot. Um, and again, going back to that feeling of being like uncomfortable, but also like in a good way, kind of um, like I think it was a great experience to have that. Like I was kind of the odd one out um, and learning more and kind of like broadening my perspective in that way. Um, I think definitely relationship wise, I, I have to give a shout out to my other half. She's awesome and she's very talented. Um, I always tell her all the time that like she makes me look like a regular person. Um, so with all the majors and minors that I'm doing, it's nothing in comparison to what she's doing. Um, and she's definitely doing both as a student and as a leader. She's definitely pushing herself and she's doing amazing things. Um, and I'm very, very interested, but also excited to see where she goes after college and all the work that she does. And then I think lastly, I would say I have to give a shout out to all the women leaders on campus. Um, one of the things about being involved that I've realized this year is that I can't think of a club on campus that is run by a male. Um, and I think that's a great thing. I think that it's really good to see women in positions of leadership, not just doing things, but kind of being the movers and shakers of what's going on at PC. So I think that I'd have to give a shout out to all the um, all the women in leadership positions and they know who they are, but you know, being able to work with a lot of them and, and get to know a lot of them and seeing how passionate they are and how driven and motivated they are. Um, and again, just like not not just participating, but leading. I think that that's definitely a very inspiring thing to see. It's an interesting progression because obviously the Roots of Providence College, it started as an all-male institution mm -hmm. um, in when when doors opened in 1919 and the first students walked in, they were all all men from the neighborhood. And now like Providence College has, has changed and evolved in so many ways. But I think what you are noting, Miles, is kind of, you know, when um, more than 100, um, more than 50 years ago, when women um, started to enroll at PC, you know, that changed you know, it's taken time, but I think there's definitely um, lots of places for women leaders um, and opportunities, and, and they're taking those opportunities as Satoya, you um, demonstrate with that. So it's a great observation. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. So, Satoya Miles, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. I think we could both say we enjoyed it talking about our experience here at PC, but then also to, um, talking about fire foundations and how much it was a special program to both of us absolutely thank you for having us i know we always used to joke in the summer like with our students that they were going to make us famous so um, right. i'll definitely be sharing this with them but in all seriousness thank you for the opportunity it was a lot of fun to chat thank you subscribe to the providence college podcast in all the usual places including itunes soundcloud stitcher google play and spotify as well as your smart speaker if you like what you hear please review and share with others thanks for listening and go friars